Welcome to the Ministry Focus Worship Essentials Podcast. This podcast will focus on looking into biblical standards of worship and how it applies to us as the body of Christ, as well as talking about issues involving worship in today's church. I'm your host, Brian Foster. Let's talk some worship. And again, welcome to the Worship uh, Essentials Podcast. Uh, I hope everyone has had a pleasant week. I want to start off again by uh, going into the Word of God uh, as we begin our time together. And I want to go into the book of Matthew, chapter 20 and verse 28. Matthew, chapter 20, verse 28. And the Word of God says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus could have arrived with a reception befitting his identity, but he did not. Because he did not come to be served, but he came to serve. And it is in his serving, his obedience to the will of the Father, that we are transformed, as it mentions in uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8. As we have been served in Christ, we carry on his example by serving others. It is in our serving we are continually transformed and conformed into his image. And those we serve will be transformed not through our power, role, authority, position, or title, but because we serve them. Often those who seek to serve can become discouraged when people do not respond the way we hope or desire, but serving those people the way Christ has served us, selfishly, sacrificially. That is the doorway to their transformation, or maybe just the doorway to our own transformation. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. That's out of Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10. So your question for today is, how might the words of this verse encourage or convict your heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this time together. Father, I thank you for those who are listening that have been blessed by this podcast. And Father, I just give you the praise for it because, Lord, this is your podcast. It's not mine. It's something that you wanted to um, to create, Lord, to to help not only the worshipers, but also the worship leaders. And I pray, Father, that you would bless it and use it for your honor and glory. Father, as I speak today, I pray, Lord, that you would help me speak the words that you won't know. And Father, I pray, Lord, that it falls on fertile soil. Lord, that those who listen will give an attentive ear and an open heart to uh, what is going to be discussed today. And, And Lord, we just thank you and we praise you for everything you have done and all that you continue to do for us. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. On today's podcast, I want to talk about the need for worship leaders to develop a master song list to help you better organize and catalog the songs you use at your church. Now, songs are a major part of your church's worship. They give your congregation a voice to their worship and praise, and they are vitally important to the building of disciples. People worship best with songs they know. Now, in years past, people have used their hymnal as their song list in planning worship. Pretty much everything your congregation sang from that hymnal or came from that hymnal. 
But today we use songs from hymnals, other songbooks, and various internet sources, locally written songs, etc. Keeping up with our congregation's repertoire can be challenging. Some people plan worship by choosing songs out of their head. Perhaps the prompting comes from something heard on the radio this week, or just a song from the past that is remembered. This misses out on many songs that may be better choices for your congregation this week. As I move forward today, a lot of what I'm going to be talking about has been presented uh, by Brother Kenny Lamb, and I'm going to use some of his material in in helping you um, formulate a master song list and some of the advice that he gives uh, as far as how to put this master song list together. Now, Kenny goes on to say, some worship planners have a list that includes every song their congregation has sung. It probably has well more than 200 songs on that list. While that can work fine with an older, established congregation, this becomes an immense problem if your church is experiencing growth with people who do not grow up in the church singing these songs, or if your church wants to position itself to reach that disciple, uh, to reach and disciple people in your community. Having a large song list means that new people will rarely know the songs you sing and prevent them from participating fully in worship. I remember back probably 10 years ago, I went to a church um, that was another Baptist church uh, within the um, Southern Baptist Convention here in the state of North Carolina, and the church I was attending at the time and ministering in, um, we sang Basically, out of the hymn book, it was, it was, and of course, you've you've heard me talk about this. Uh, on Sundays, I would get to church and I would pull open the hymn book and say, "Okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. Uh, let's see. The choir can sing this song because we've we've already practiced it and uh, we uh, have done it in the past, so they should be familiar with it." And then we just moved forward. And I went to this one church and felt pretty confident that I knew just about all the songs in the Baptist repertoire, quote-unquote, and they came out with some uh, modern classic songs, uh, more along the lines of uh, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone, and How Great Is Our God, and Shout to the Lord, and they were like foreign to me, and I had a very tough time because I'd never heard these songs before, believe it or not, I hadn't heard them, or if I did hear them, I didn't have a recall about them. So needless to say, I struggled through that particular uh, uh, conference whenever we had times of worship. But what it taught me in later years is, and and going through um, some of uh, Brother Kenny's uh, workshops, is that you always need to have an attentive ear to um, the songs of today. Because a lot of the people that will come into your congregation, uh, they're going to be new. They're not going to be familiar with uh, some of the old classics, as we call them, like Amazing Grace or How Great Thou Art or Victory in Jesus. Uh, they may have never heard those songs before. So you kind of have to find that balance and 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 try to uh, get uh, the, 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 the song list that can be accommodating to not only the ones of your established membership, but the ones who may come for a visit uh, that may not be familiar with all the songs that you sing. Now, 
worship leaders uh, can uh, uh, can use uh, different planning apps like uh, the Planning Center. I personally like to use uh, worshipplanning.com, but there are other online pa- uh, planning applications that you can use uh, and that you may use the, the list of songs in that application to plan. But now it can become a list of a 200-plus songs if you're not curating and refining it in some way. So why do you need a master song list? If you do not have a list of songs that you use in planning, how many songs, or if you do have a list of songs, let me rephrase that. If you do have a list of songs that you use in planning, how many songs are on that list? Do you ever remove songs from the list or does it just get larger every year? How do you determine how many songs should be on your list? Having too many uh, uh, songs on your list leads to very little repetition of songs and the likelihood in many cases that many in your congregation will not know the songs you are using in worship. Unfamiliarity unfamiliarity uh, with the songs. Yeah, that's easy for me to say, right? Uh, breeds a lack of active participation in worship and leads your people to come uh, to become spectators. So let's think about the size of your song list. If your list has over 200 songs on it and your church normally sings four songs each week in worship, then you would essentially never repeat a song in a year if you sang all the songs. That may work if your church is made up of people who have been a part of your particular church for decades, or if you are using uh, only older mainline hymns for a congregation made up of veteran church attendees. But what if your church is growing and seeing people come to faith regularly? Perhaps you have a good number of visitors each week. Will these people that did not grow up in the church know your music? Not likely. You also have to consider that the average church attendee does not worship at your church every week. Even if they attend every other week on average, that greatly impacts the number of times they encounter a particular song on your master song list. Now, if you sing a song four times in a year and they only attend half of the time, they might sing the song only twice. The size of your master song list can dramatically affect worship in your church. You you see, if church... If your church is growing and reaching people, you must have a reasonable level of repetition of songs in order for people to sing songs they know and therefore participate in worship. Too many songs on your song list will make it difficult for the congregation to worship. So if you want to help your congregation really sing by helping them sing songs they know, then you must limit the size of your master song list. Um, It's taken me a while to apply that. Uh, to where I minister at now. Um, I do have a master song list, uh, thanks to Brother Kenny. And uh, that master song list, I go through it every week. And I, I look at it, I look at how often we do the songs. Um, and if there's a way that I can separate now, I, I do have a separation of songs, uh, like for different seasons, like Christmas or, or the Easter season. Um, or, you know, for special holidays like the 4th of July or, or whatever, Memorial Day is, an, is another occasion. And I may have separate song banks of songs that we normally sing 
for those particular seasons. But the majority of what I do now is is on the master song list if I'm going to be repetitive in, in what I do and in what I add. Um, so that kind of helps me. And, and plus, at my age, I need all the help I can get uh, into remembering what songs we've sang, when we've sang them, uh, how we sang them. Uh, did I put it together in a medley with another song or a couple of other songs? How did I present that song? So that kind of helps me keep track of, of how I've utilized our particular song list that we have here at our church. Now, you may be asking yourself, so how many songs should be on my master song list? Well, here's four things to consider. Number one, how many songs do you sing in your weekly worship service? Number two, how often would you include each of these three types of songs? And that's going to be explained here in just a few minutes, uh, in a few moments here in a service. In other words, how many hymns, classic worship songs, or modern worship songs would you use each week out of the songs you sing? Now, number three, how often should you repeat songs in a three-month period for your congregation? New songs must be repeated often at first to help people learn the song. Of course, we've talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Older songs do not need as high a repetition as a newer worship song. Finally, considering your congregation's demographics, attendance patterns, how regularly they attend, uh, visitors, new members, uh, transity, etc., how often should songs be repeated to breed great familiarity without wearing them out? These can be difficult questions to answer. So let's dive in a little bit deeper with them. Now, realize if your church sings three songs a week, you would need a much smaller list than a church that uses seven songs a week. So here are the four types of songs and three distinct song lists that you need to use to create a master song list. The master song list should be long enough to provide variety for your congregation, yet short enough to provide familiarity. So number one, the first type is your hymns. Okay, now this doesn't need much explanation. The great hymns that have survived the test of time are necessary to help us connect with our heritage, and they are uh, and they are the musical heart language of some generations of worshipers in our congregation. Modern hymns, such as those coming from the Getty or Sovereign uh, Grace camps, are not included in this category. For the sake of assignment. We can say that these hymns were written prior to the 1980s. Now, your second type would be your classic worship songs. These are those timeless worship songs that have lingered with us. So many new songs are popular for a time, a few months to a few years, then they burn out and are rarely used again. uh, Classics have stood the test of time, and when brought out in the service, once again, can be embraced as a great expression of worship for the congregation. Think of songs like Shout to the Lord, Blessed Be Your Name, or How Great Is Our God. The arbitrary date assignment would be around 1980 to no less than 15 years old. For people in your congregation that have attended church for a number of years, these classics will probably be well-known the first week you use them. 
Now, the third type of uh, songs for your master song list would be modern worship songs. These are the songs written in the last 15 years. For some churches, you may want to make that time period much less. These can include many styles of songs, but they are all more modern expressions of our faith, representing the move of God in more current times. As mentioned before, modern hymns would also fall under this category. Then finally, you have new songs. These are songs that are new to your congregation. They really can come from any of the previous three categories, but generally would represent a modern worship song. These songs will need to be repeated many times at first to gain familiarity and become part of your congregation's worship vocabulary. Now, you may want to take note. You may desire to add another category or vary these. Now, just like I mentioned a few minutes ago, I have a different category for seasonal songs, Christmas, Easter, July 4th, etc., Grasping the overall concept is important, but you certainly have the freedom to fit it the way that best serves your congregation. Now, like I mentioned before, in this day and time with um, the the songs and the the uh, I know the the most current hymn book that was brought out uh, was back in the mid to late 80s with the Lifeway Baptist Hymnal. Uh, and that included some of your, um, uh, the, the classic songs, the classic uh, worship songs along with the hymns. Uh, and it has been a great resource to me um, because it has helped me put together medleys uh, that I can use at, at specific times. But it also helps me to keep track of how to categorize on my master song list and what I need to do uh, in order to make sure I've got them catalog- uh, cataloged correctly. Uh, so that is a great resource for me. Uh, but as time progresses and more songs come out uh, that you may want to utilize for your congregation, I think it's it is a, uh, a, a, a essential uh, tool to have and an essential element to have so you don't forget what you're doing and when you do them and how you do them. Now, some of you may already have established ways of, of, category, of cataloging your songs, and that's fantastic. But for those of you who uh, haven't given much thought to it, I hope this podcast will help you start to formulate and put together. Now, you can use, uh, there, there are some different apps uh, that you can go on. All you'll need to do is go to the Apple Store and just pull up a worship planning uh, or, or uh, song list list planning. A lot of it, you can use uh, Excel. Uh, If you are fluent in Excel, you can make your own song list from that as well. So there's different options that you can have. But believe me, when your song list grows, you need to have a master song list just so you can stay organized and stay on top of what you're doing and the songs that you're singing in your church. As a final thought, if you're like me nowadays, if I don't write it down, I will forget it. Now, the advancement of technology, along with applying just simple common sense, can help you keep track of the songs you sing with your congregation, as well as keep these songs fresh and relevant in the years to come. So, on the next Ministry Focus Worship Essentials podcast, I am delighted uh, to announced that I'm going to have my mentor, 
to be a special guest on the podcast, Brother Kenny Lamb, uh, the worship strategist for the North Carolina Baptist State Convention, uh, will be my guest uh, on here. And we're going to be talking a lot of what I've covered uh, over the past few months with him uh, to get any uh, different insights uh, that he may have. And um, I'm hoping that this will be a blessing to each and every one of you. Uh, I know I have learned quite a lot for him, uh, from him. Uh, it has helped out my ministry uh, tremendously. So if you are a worship leader or you know a worship leader uh, that may be struggling, that may be having a, a hard time uh, in their ministry right now, I would encourage you to tell them, please tune in uh, to the next Worship Essentials podcast uh, when I'll have uh, my, my dear brother Kenny Lamb here uh, on the podcast to share with us. Uh, his experience and his knowledge in worship. But for right now, I just want to give you a big thank you. Uh, I have achieved many downloads uh, of this podcast, and I cannot thank you guys enough uh, for being faithful and giving me a listen. And I give all glory to God uh, for putting this podcast together. Thank you for giving me just a few minutes of your time again today. Until the next time, keep a song in your heart and keep Jesus in the center. So long for now.